You're listening to Radio Free Brooklyn, independent, listener-supported radio. I'm back, back in the New York Brian. Scott. Brian, I have great news for you. What is it? Between now and April 1st, the Giants Among Men podcast and radio show will have over 1 million downloads. Between when? <laughs> Between now and April 1st. Wow. A What's going to happen? What? A million? Yeah. What's happening? I I don't know. I have no plan. I have no strategy. I have just I'm announcing it. I made an announcement. It's exciting. You're going to put it out into the world and will it into existence. I don't even know if I'm going to do that much. I, I'm just going to announce it, and then you and I will be, like, really happy. Because it's exciting news. You know, that's that is like, exciting. We'll be, like, a national powerhouse of a show and podcast when that happens. So I just figured I would announce it, and then there's going to be no one out there who can prove that it's not going to happen until <laughs> at least April 1st. No one right. can prove it's not going to happen. So that's until true. April 1st, you and I can just excitedly pat ourselves on the back for our big announcement i can't wait i'm excited yeah it's huge we're we've arrived brian until april 1st no one can prove that what i'm saying is not going to happen so until that time everyone we meet who who knows about this and who has heard this must congratulate us (laughs) so in their faces brian I am uh, I'm making reference to today uh, the New York City, our mayor, Mayor de Blasio. Uh, he went out. He had a press conference, and he announced that all uh, public school sports in New York City will return, much like I hope Brian will return because he's disappeared. Where Don't you- worry about me, Scott. You just keep going. <laughs> Is everything okay, Brian? It is. Don't worry. Okay. It's taking care of things that need to get taken care of <laughs> for us to have the type of broadcast that our fans demand. Right. right well, go ahead. we're not going to get to a million <laughs> downloads if this is the ragtag operation we've got going on here. Um, so the mayor announced that all uh, all sports are returning. All PSAL high school sports are returning to New York City. And he just he announced it at a press conference today. Uh, and then as I looked through, as I glanced at my Twitter feed uh, at varying points during the day, members of the media were just parroting the news like, hey, PSAL sports, all sports are going to be played and it's going to extend into the summer. And this is great news. And it's it's it was really funny because I found it kind of shocking to to like. You know, I would say there's a very select few people in this world who find out important information about their lives on the news. That's pretty rare. But it does happen, you know, to, like, famous people or, uh, like, you know, professional athletes. You may find out via the news. If you happen to work for a terrible organization, you might find out on ESPN that you're being moved to a totally different part of the country. Right. that's just – it's like you're moving now. You don't live right. wherever you're hearing this news. That's your home, not anymore. You don't live there. You live in a different city now. And like, yeah. I've always thought that must be crazy. That must be crazy, even if you're 
hearing it from your boss, let alone just on television. Uh, yeah. So you experience this. You feel like you have some empathy now for, for the athlete experience. Yes. Well, as you know, I'm an athletic director at a high school in Brooklyn, and uh, and I had no prior knowledge that sports were coming back. And just <laughs> it was said on the TV. And right. so you would think, right, like if, if, if the mayor is going to announce something that like, you know, sports are coming back, you would think that then – the governing body of those sports would have an email already composed and just ready to hit send. So the mayor's press conference was at 10 a.m. You would think at 10.01, send. So that if you're an athletic director who hears this news, you don't think to yourself, what? How, how are we going to do that? Like, and then you, you, then you might think that, but then you would see like a comforting email to be like, oh, that's how we're going to do it. Well, right. no such thing happened. Uh, it was just announced, and uh, there's been a lot of celebration on Twitter, I've noticed today. It's just been like, sports are, hey, New York sports City, back. New York City sports are coming back. This is great news. Everybody get excited. And every, like, uh, my phone has been just all day, nonstop, blowing up, emails, texts, people just being like, what's going on? What do I need to know? Why didn't you tell me about this sooner? And it's just like. Because I had no, I just, this right. just happened. So there were no preparations made to make this a reality. They're claiming that preparations have been underway for some time now. Uh, but for some reason, despite the, all this time that they've been making preparations, I don't know why they're withholding information from us. It's, it's, they've apparently been planning this diligently for quite some time and the announcement was made today and yet still they don't feel that the time is right to fill those of us who need to implement this plan they don't they have not yet filled us in i did get an email today around 4 p.m uh telling telling us that this was announced today and that it is very exciting news and that there will be more information to follow at an undisclosed date uh but by mid-april we're full go Right. Well, maybe they thought of everything and they're going to hand you a, a perfectly <laughs> carefully laid out plan <laughs> next week or I, on Wednesday. You're going to get a bulleted email, everything you need to do to get your children ready for a successful spring sports season. Yeah, I, I hope so. I mean, it, what's just like the first thing that popped into my head was, you know, it's about to be spring. And, and so usually when, when springtime rolls around, the, one of the biggest challenges for me just in, in my more administrative role is finding places around Brooklyn because our school doesn't have a field at the school. But in the spring, we have a baseball team and a softball team and a JV soccer team. They all need to practice on fields. So it's really kind of a struggle to find space for them to practice and play during the spring because we're not the only school that doesn't have a field. Obviously there are hundreds of them in Brooklyn that, that need field space, not to mention a lot of the Catholic schools that have the same issues. And so like it's hard enough to find space for our kids to practice and play when it's only the spring sports going. But part of the mayor's announcements was that all sports would resume in mid April. So if there's not enough room for just the spring sports to practice and play, how is that then going to maybe be possible when you're also including fall sports and everything's happening at one? Like, I don't even want to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Just my, my, 
my point is is that I sort of feel like Sports are back! Yeah. In New York, baby! Man. What are we worried about these details for? You find the fields, you put them in the gym, get the basketballs, roll them out, we're going! <laughs> so today I experienced both like what I think some athletes experience when they get news about their job on the news, and then people reach out to them looking for more information, and they're like, I have nothing. I know as little about this as you do. Right. But then also... At least you don't have to move town. That's true. Yeah, I don't have to move. That's nice. Uh, <laughs> I kind of like to move, though, to be honest with you. I'm right. sick about you've, trans- you've been traded yeah. to right. <laughs> San Diego. Oh, that'd be beautiful. <laughs> but, you know, on, on top of it, it's also just struck me as this, like, it, it's really was ushered in by Trump, and it's just become kind of a staple of the COVID era. The politician making the triumphant announcement of something and then the reality of that announcement is like, oh, this is stupid and terrible. That's true. Remember all the like, uh, I forget, there was like Walmart was going to solve, co- you know, right. there was a million of those where it was like, we're going to have this and that and like just, and then there'd just be no follow. Just nothing, right? <laughs> right. Just announcement, celebration, the end. Nothing. There was a website, and Google was, make, was making a website. <laughs> right. You could go and you could get everything you needed to know and then... It never, right. it never was built. Well, I assume there will be sports, or do you think it's potentially no sports? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think there. I have, I have some guesses at how it's actually going to play out that I don't really actually want to say that on the air because you know that if like somebody happens to hear it, like a kid, and they hear right. it, and then they and they're like, oh, that's what's going to, and the, you know, I don't want that. Uh, but I, I have some suspicions about what's going to happen. But they're nowhere near what I think the reality is going to be is nowhere near the announcement and the coverage of the announcement. Like, you know, because somebody I follow on Twitter who kind of covers New York City schools was writing like Mayor de Blasio got very emotional when talking about this. Like, so what? (laughs) First of all, I don't I don't believe you. Like, I don't buy that emotion for one second. I don't find it genuine. I don't like it, but, (laughs) but also like, it's not, it's not, it's not like no team. I can't imagine a scenario in which every team from every season of the 2020, 2021 school year is going to be able to play their season in their entirety. Right. You know, or like play it as they knew it or play it as they would have expected it. But I feel like that was distinctly unclear in the press conference today. Right. Now, did de Blasio promise that it would be precisely that? No. Right. But, you know, I don't know that he is done a whole lot to, to be, to be, to exercise caution in anybody's expectations. To manage expectations. Yeah. You know, expectations management is very important. Um, well, it's also too, because I don't know how much, like, I don't know that de Blasio will ever have to be on the phone with an angry parent who wants to know why, you know, their kid is only going to play five basketball games instead of 20 this season, (laughs) you know, or something to that. And again, that's just a hypothetical, but like, I don't think that there's going to be a parent yelling specifically at de Blasio for that. I can easily envision a scenario in which a parent is yelling at me about that. And... 
there's both nothing I can do about that, nor would I have ever gone out and made such an announcement and accepted such praise. I've often been described as emotional, although not in the same sense necessarily as de Blasio was today. Right. But uh, I just found the whole thing to be uh, (laughs) just just so disorienting too like because it gets said and then my phone is just like i'm teaching a class too like online and then it's just like all morning like basically people being like what's happening yeah you've been traded to the calves right yeah right don't even board the plane I'm like, uh, what's his name? Uh, that that poor guy who was on the Nets, and then he had to go to Cleveland. Uh, Jarrett. Jarrett Allen. Jarrett Allen, yeah, that poor guy. That's who I feel like today. Poor Jarrett Allen. Well, no, but you don't have to go to Cleveland. That's true. So, I don't have know, to go to Cleveland. You're gonna have a successful sports season. I have, I have faith in you, much like Bill De Blasio. <laughs> I know that my team of educators can get this job done. So we're gonna. I mean, it would be more like. We, you kind of tipped this off at the beginning when you you announced that we were going to get a million downloads. It would be sort of like if Radio Free Brooklyn announced that we were going to do that by it. That's right. That's true. Because <laughs> that would be very surprising to hear. Right. To us. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, it was more <laughs> – when I did that, though, I wanted to accept the praise. I, I didn't want to be in two positions where – I am left holding the bag for an announcement right. that somebody else made. I want to be the one that gets to make the fun announcement. and That we're doing the fun thing and not have to worry about how we make it happen. Correct. Yes. That's much That's much better. That's much better to be on that side of it than the other right. one. Right. The other side of it sucks. Right. <laughs> well, that's why we here at the Giants Among Men show are announcing that coronavirus in the New York area will be wiped out by... May 31st. Yes! <laughs> we did it, Brian. We did it. There We're will at- be zero cases. Speaking of that, remember when Trump announced that coronavirus would be gone by last Easter? Yes. He right. just we were gonna open. announced it. We were going to have a beautiful it. Easter. Right. We are going to have a beautiful Easter. Um, it is so funny, I too. didn't have a great Easter. I don't know about you. <laughs> no, I had a terrible Easter. It's funny, too, because, like, the mayor, it's, too, it's, like, you know, he's probably very staunchly anti-Trump. He's a Democrat, and, and, and you know, he's he's never been supportive of Trump. And yet, here you are, Mr. Sir, Mr. de Blasio, just announcing things and being very happy when people are happy with you, uh, but not really having a whole lot of additional stuff to it. Right, right. Well, he's got some Trumpy qualities to him, let's face it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, just everything is collapsing, truly, in New York, too. Like, I want to get into too much into Cuomo, but jeez. You know, you know, it is so funny. Like, Cuomo, I know. It's funny, though. Like, I hate both of them. I'm not a fan of either guy. Same. Um, But probably for different reasons than some of the prevailing reasons that people don't like them. But... I I was enjoying de Blasio tweaking Cuomo this week yeah. or it was either this week or the week before because he just couldn't help it. He just so delicious. He was so delighted. You oh, know, absolutely. Just the two pettiest assholes on earth. <laughs> but who could blame de Blasio for like 
taking a sip of coffee, reading his New York Times with, you know, another harassing allegation and just being like, it's a disgrace. What a disgusting story I read this morning. You know, just it's a shame. It's a damn shame. Yeah, it's just an absolute just, you know, it's just sad, really. I'm just sad. Right. <laughs> uh, but you are, in fact, delighted. Right. Uh, it's just too much. It's just, just God. Yeah. How many people had to die because those two guys don't like each other? It's right. It's the most, like, graceful. <laughs> right. It is weird, too. I've always gotten the sense that the two of them felt like anyone cared that they didn't like each other. Right, or rooted for one over the other. Yeah. Too, you know, like it's like they're the Jets and the Giants. It's right. Like, no. <laughs> I'm a de Blasio guy. I'm a Cuomo guy. Right. I'm no, you're two referees. Neither. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, boy. But anyway, sports are back and a million downloads coming. We're world famous. Coming. We're world famous. We're going to do it. So, you know, with that in mind, obviously, I should do an ad read because these are huge now. Everybody's going to hear them. And also, then we should uh, get to the content that our fans are here for, Brian. You're listening to Giants Among Men on Radio Free Brooklyn. Thanks for listening to Radio Free Brooklyn. Your support keeps us going. Radio Free Brooklyn's mission is to provide a free and open platform to our community and promote media literacy, education, and free expression. We rely primarily on donations from listeners like you. Every dollar helps us stay on the air. Support independent community media by pledging whatever you can. All contributions are tax deductible to the fullest extent of the law. Please support with a monthly monthly pledge or a one-time donation at radiofreebrooklyn.org/donate. Uh, so, Brian, what did you think of Obi Toppin's performance last night? You know. <laughs> He was fine. He was there. He, he showed up. <laughs> he was good. He was fine. He was. He didn't embarrass himself. Right. Um, he didn't accomplish anything, though. I, like, I think there was an opportunity for him to, to change the feeling narrative around himself a little bit, put on a show, you know, um, and he didn't do that. His first dunk was very good. You know, the dunk contest is a weird thing. It's just like, you know a great dunk when you see it. It's like, there's nothing wrong with anything he did. It's just, it didn't move you, you know? It just right. didn't, it just wasn't it. Um, and he's, you know, he did show off his athleticism and, you know, he, um, he was smooth, uh, creative, but it just wasn't, it just, you know, it didn't electrify anyone it will all we will, we will no one will remember it <laughs> well i don't um, think anyone's gonna remember this con like it was a terrible contest it was just it was it was weird enough i mean it was at halftime of the game like yeah only three guys like no big name no big player in it right um no top like it would have been it, it, like if zion had been in it would have changed the dynamic um but there was nothing like that so it just didn't have any juice yeah no juice at all um and I felt like Obi's first dunk was probably the best dunk of the night. And I agree, yeah. Had he built off that, it would have right. gotten exciting. But that was yeah. It. I also want to say, why is it that the N- either the NBA or TNT like wanted us to care so much about Ob- Obi's father? I don't care about him. Dunker's delight. <laughs> have you heard about him before Obi got drafted? 
No, but I've heard about it a bunch. They mention it on the MS, on the Nick Games a lot. You know, I guess his, his dad's just like a legendary New York street baller or something. Yeah, I get that. I don't care. I, mean, I don't know his dad. I mean, I'll tell you, I, w- I would I would like to see his dad do a dunk contest. Like his dad is legit. You see, like they, those old highlights, he looks awesome. <laughs> no, I will say some of the old highlights and stuff, they did look really awesome. But yeah. like when he first. When Obi first brought him out onto the court for that dunk, I was like, who's that? Yeah. <laughs> and then when I found out it was his dad, I was like, I don't know. I feel like when, when the NBA and TNT were, like, programming the event, they were like, and then he'll call him out, and then it'll we'll reveal it's his dad. Right. And we'll have done this whole thing before. And it's like the way that actually, again, to me, the way that played out was like, who's that? And then it was like, it's his dad. I was like, oh, who cares? <laughs> I think in the, in the in the basketball community, his dad is like a cult figure, you know, like right. Uh, so I don't know. I thought that was okay. I liked his dad, his pops coming out there. He leaps over him. He and Julius, you know. Also, then he missed the first one. Anytime there's a miss in there, that's when things yeah. really, you know. Yeah. You know, I put like some decent amount of stock in the dunk contest because it's like actually pretty rare that somebody's like a truly, truly elite, elite dunker, like contest dunker yeah and not at least like an above average nba player you know what i mean like when you really it's like zach levine he, he seemed like oh maybe he's just a dunker and then like i'm not surprised he's turned into an all-star like when you're right. as good as he is at that like it usually does translate like it's very rare for somebody to be a top top dunker and not be a good player so i was like probably ridiculously putting way too much pressure on Obi Toppin, but i was like hoping to like see you know, like an elite performance where you go like, all right, maybe we're not getting the most out of this guy. And like that first dunk, you were like, okay, maybe. Um, and I guess he did show you enough that like you do see the talent, but not so much that I'm like surprised how bad he's been this year, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, right. I mean, everybody in the NBA that can dunk can could have competed last night. Yeah, right. Like there was nobody special in the in the contest. Right. And like the winning dunk itself, or the winning dunk, but it was like so embarrassing. That guy just like right. <laughs> kissed air like Right, it was weird. He just didn't do it. Right. right. Like uh, yeah, it would have been cool if he pulled off the thing he was attempting. Both of his dunks, even the one where he went up, it was certainly super insane how high he jumped to grab that ball. Right. Like the one that he had in the little thing. Um you know, I, I mean, I should I say this as an overweight six foot white guy who's never even touched the net, let alone jumped nearly to the top of the backboard. So I don't want to poo poo the feats of athleticism that were on display last night. But you are evaluating the contest in the context of an NBA dunk contest. Yeah, like nothing stood out as all that great yeah no not i don't think so did you watch the game or did you just watch the the contest i just watched the contest i didn't really watch much of the game yeah i just wanted to see our man obi and you know you know because look like when we're talking about the knicks all right the knicks are about to start like the second half of the season we've had this great um first half they've been you know this overachieving team great story and like you start talking about, you know, not that we need to start talking about, like, how do they get better? But, like, how do they sustain this? How do they 
how does this trajectory even improve? Like guys continuing, you know, Obi becoming like a positive player is like a big part of like how this doesn't regress or or potentially even gets improves and gets really exciting. So you're like, he's been the only thing this year that hasn't gone to plan or hasn't gone as well as you could have hoped. And you're just hoping for like some sign that he's not just like another wasted, you know, <laughs> lottery pick. Um, but it's, you know, it's hard to see otherwise, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, you know, obviously I think all, all of us, you, me and Matt spend an inordinate amount of time uh, thinking about, Obi Toppin. I mean, the Knicks generally, but especially <laughs> Obi Toppin. I, I don't know why I'm not more upset about him because I would feel like prior to this season, I have been the most reflexively angry at the Knicks of the three of us. Just like every every even potential misstep has misstep has infuriated me. But like, I, I just think I am sort of willing to do for the Knicks right now what the Giants are desperately trying to get us to do for them, which is think of this as, like, the fir- the beginning of the rebuild. Like, it's really hard to wash away the past seasons of failure, but I do feel like there is a clear, like, line now between what was and what is. And I guess, like, obviously this is Obi's rookie year, so he is a part of the current. I just think that we got two picks coming up in this year, two first-rounders in this year's draft, it's not to say that it's irrelevant that Obi's not good. Like, obviously, it would be amazing if he was. But if he's not, I feel like there's ample opportunity to fix that mistake, like, pretty much immediately. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, they don't also, they when they drafted him, they didn't know Julius Randle was, like, a cornerstone player. So right. they certainly don't need him to be great. Um that said, I, I don't know. I find it harder just to watch the games that we have to watch the rest of the year and watch him get his 15 minutes every night. Um, do anything and go out there and generally like make life harder for everybody. Um, Is it worth spending time asking even like if he's bad, like why he's bad or just he's bad? I don't know. Like, I do think that they don't you think it's weird the way they use him or no, you don't think about it. Uh, I don't think about it as much as you guys do, but I get what you're saying. So I didn't have a chance uh, today to read the Strickland piece that you sent me. But uh, what did they say about why he's not the role man more often? Well, the re- I mean, the real reason is because they like to use uh, Mitchell Robinson and Noel as that, because that's like definitely they don't offer any spacing, um, and it makes sense. They're both good at it too, um, and so there just basically hasn't been that many opportunities to do it. But then they have been, they've also used Taj Gibson that way, which doesn't really make sense because he and he he can shoot, and he's not, you know, he's not an above the rim player like screen roll with uh with Taj Gibson like you know (laughs) it's not really um he's not that kind of player so it has it's just a little weird and they do have Obi taking a lot of three pointers um and kind of using him like a stretch four which maybe is how they see they like maybe their thinking is like that's what he has to become in order to be useful for us so we're just gonna like 
make sure that he becomes that. Um, but, you know, it's... I mean, look, that's like the one thing they're doing that's not working is the use of Obi Toppin. <laughs> but I guess it, you're right. It doesn't really matter that much. Um, it's just, you know, it's just kind of a bummer watching him out there every night, like looking like a chicken with his head cut off. Um, right. Well, I think it's also right. The, the how bad he is and the way that he's bad has been a real problem. Yeah. <laughs> like he's terrible. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You know, I saw a stat, I think I texted you guys the other night, like, he's three for 19 from corner threes with six air balls. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that's the most important shot in basketball, you know? It's the easiest three-pointer. It's, like, the shot everybody's trying to get. He has six air balls on those shots. Um, That's not ideal. (laughs) Well, look, I also, I, I try to be careful not to overuse the phrase, like, I could do that. But, like, I could shoot the threes that he's shooting. They're horrendous. Right, right. No, like, yeah, like, and he's had so many where it's, like, practically, like, hit the mascot or, like, hit the scoreboard or, you know, just, like, the worst shots you've ever seen. And, again, it's hard to, like, fault him because it's just not the right role for him, really. Um, But I don't know. Like, so I don't know if the plan is to just, like, I think at least he's still like showing you enough with some of the athleticism that maybe you can still use him as like a trade chip. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I'm definitely going to willing to give the guy the whole season. It's just like, I, I don't know. Again, you know, again, not to criticize tips <laughs> excessively, but it's just, he is weird in the sense that like, here's this thing he's been doing all year that has never worked ever. <laughs> but had never shown any potential to work. And he, he has not strayed for one second with it. You know what I mean? Um, what's the so o- I don't know. what's the Obi Toppin of your life? Like, what's the thing? Like, this doesn't work. I know it doesn't work. I've never seen it work, and yet I do it every single day. And I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> what is that like? I feel I like don't know. everybody has an Obi, right? You have to somewhat, right? I don't know. Wouldn't you try something different? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think what my Obi is. We've got to have an Obi, right? Or maybe, like, I don't actively have one, but I have had one. What's your Obi? What's, what, what? <laughs> I don't know. What is my Obi? What's my Obi? I feel like, you know, the quarantine has uh, has opened my eyes to what I could look like with more hair. I always got this very short, almost military-esque haircut. And I feel like, oh, I I actually look pretty good with with a little more hair on my head. But I I never – it wasn't working for me. It's not like – nobody was ever like, man, you got a gorgeous set of hair. Like I was (laughs) sticking with that haircut. I was just doing it, and I wasn't having any sort of particular success with it. Right. I just refused to change. For that sake, right. for just for the sake of it, I guess. But you weren't getting any negative feedback. Well, that's you know? true too. Yeah. Like if people were like, "I hate your hair," every day of your life, and you were just like, "Nope, this right. is." <laughs> I mean, you used to tell me I looked like a penis with my haircut. Pretty much every time I got a haircut for four right. years straight. <laughs> <laughs> right. Although that that's not the... no, it's not the same. I think no matter what haircut I got, that would have been what you said. Right, right. 
I don't think there was a haircut that that would have <laughs> negated that reaction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh man, high school's brutal, huh? You can't even just it get you can't just get a haircut and just like come to school unnoticed. Oh god, no. Right, you can't like try something new. You know, you can't just be like, "I'm gonna wear a hat today." You're right. <laughs> <laughs> I know I don't genuine generally wear hats, but today I'd like to try a hat. <laughs> right, and just slide in. That's no, that's not gonna work. No, I'm gonna wear a different colored jeans today. <laughs> <laughs> there was some, we were in our twenties at this point, but I remember one night you had shifted to a tighter cut of jean. And it was noticeable. And I don't, but I don't know how noticeable it was. I think we just like picked you up and it was dark. We couldn't see you. We had to stop at like a gas station to get beer or something. And then in the gas station, I caught you doing squats in one of the aisles to loosen them up. And I was like, what's going on here? No, I actually remember that. That was when my brother, who, God bless him, but whose advice I should never take for any reason. <laughs> convinced me to wear women's jeans like large women's jeans <laughs> and that they were they would be like more they were better fitting because you know you do know how sometimes like jeans can be too baggy especially i feel like we used to we you know we come from that generation that wore our pants way too baggy yeah, right. but these were way too <laughs> they looked like i was wearing women's pants and they were extremely tight and he gave them to me he was like you gotta try these so i wore them one day and you guys were like what are you doing <laughs> and i never wore them again and i guess in fairness you were wearing women's jeans women's jeans <laughs> Which brother was it? Tom. Okay. He, and he wore them. He had something that they were like, you know, stretchier so that they like you could break them in. And anyway, it was it was not a good scene. <laughs> I don't have a body for that kind of, you know, uh, you know, experimentation. Oh, it was bizarre. It was odd. <laughs> it, was, it was quite noticeable. It was more than a hat. That's for sure. As far as... <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it wasn't like a leather jacket, but, you know, no. it was, uh, yeah. At the same time, kudos to you. We were going somewhere. People were right. going to see us. And you're like, these are the jeans I'm in. I'm trying it. Yeah. I'm trying something out here. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. We should, we all should have been more supportive of one another in those <laughs> endeavors. <laughs> so, Obi Toppin is like a pair of women's jeans. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yes. <laughs> or or using him in a, in a different role is like potentially finding yourself in a pair of women. Yes, that's it. Right. right. Using him as the role man is uh, like, yeah. Right, because what if Tibbs uses him as the role man, then Tibbs finds himself standing there in a pair of women's jeans. That sounds <laughs> to me like a guy like that's nightmare. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I mean, I, look, I'm not saying – Obi Toppin, that it's you know the season doesn't uh, rise or fall based on how this guy plays. Um, he's just the only thing that's been a negative, and it does feel like there's some version of him that could be useful. Um, but I guess it doesn't matter um, if he goes out there and stinks in a different way than a Kevin Knox would stink in. <laughs> 
Um, they would both stink in their 10 minutes of play. Um, but anyway, I do feel like the Knicks are entering a very interesting stretch. I mean, yeah, this agree? is it. Of course. Yeah. This is it. It's put up or shut up time for everybody. Right. We're going to find out a lot about them in the next two weeks. Yeah. I mean, I think they're tough. I feel really good about the stretch because I think, if anything, they are tough. Uh, they're mentally tough. That they're, yeah. you know, they're the team that we've seen play. They play hard. Uh, you know, Randall can carry them. They're probably not going to win a title, but I think that they can, you know, more or less maintain uh, where they've been. And I think they're going to be able to do it through a little bit of grit and a little bit of guile and uh, possibly an influx of talent. But I don't know. What do you think about Matt's deep, deep suspicion that we're getting Oladipo? Now, we've talked quite a bit, I think, about that neither one of us is that would be that excited about getting Oladipo. But what do you think about – do you think that's what's going to happen? I, I really don't know. Um, I think it's possible um, because he's not – he's no contract going forward so you could get him for very little potentially test him out and then make a decision on him at the end of the year and then you have the upper hand to re-signing him and maybe they view that um as a possibility um i don't know you know again i have no feel for this next regime you know i don't have such a great feel for tibbs either person actually um for what he would think of that. Um, you know, like we've got Alfred Payton coming back, like or he and Rose should be back when we pick back up. Like, what do you think he's going to do there? Is, is he going to go right back to the way it was before Alfred went down? Um, yeah, I kind of do. I'm just not sure. I don't know that uh, like, I'm not sure if Rose can handle the minutes that he's had. Although I guess they pretty much split the game, don't they, between them since he's been here? Yeah, they could. They certainly could. Right. I mean, I think we're definitely not going to continue to see uh, the the Frank Quickly combo that everybody loves. I kind of think we're going to see Frank. Do you? Over, over Peyton? Over Quickly. Over Quickly. Wow. Oh, man. People are going to go bananas. Wow. This That's is, my little suspicion. This is how we're getting to a million downloads, Brad. <laughs> this is it right here. This is the if juice. We did predict, if we were going to do predictions this week, that would have been mine. That we're going to see Alfred Payton as the starting point guard. Right. And Derek Rose and Frank off right. the bench. And quickly is just what? Barry? Quickly it's situational. <laughs> no. All right. So, okay. Tell me how you came to this conclusion. Um, I don't know. It's just a, it's a hunch. Uh, I think, one, Frank has played well. Um, and even more importantly, has shot the ball very well from three-point range. I think quickly... One makes rookie mistakes that drives um, Tibbs nuts. I also think quickly has not been the playmaker that um, 
you know, Alfred and Rose are necessarily, although Alfred really hasn't been much of a playmaker either, but, um, you know, like in terms of like getting to the rim, I would argue some of that is, is the lineup he plays with. Um, he's out there with Obi, um, you know, and <laughs> right. doesn't have great scores around him. He has to, t- I think he has to shoot a little bit more, but anyway, um, and I just could see him liking Rose in that. I think he likes Alfred in that starting group. I think he loves Derek Rose a lot. And I think he has now liked what he's seeing from Frank with his defense and his three point shooting. And I don't know. That's my hunch. Wow. And that is going to put a decent chunk of Knicks fans at First Avenue and First Street, which, as you may remember, Kramer said was the nexus of the universe. Right. Because, right. because the original, the OG Knicks Twitter darling will become in direct conflict with right. the newest edition. What? What will happen? Will everyone just collectively turn on Tibbs? Will people start choosing sides? Will there be a war? What's going to happen? I don't know, right? Because the like Venn diagram of quickly fans and Frank fans very is crowded. It's just a circle. Yeah. You know? <laughs> right. Very crowded <laughs> in the middle. The same people. It's just one circle with both of those people in it. Um so I don't know. Again, maybe I'm wrong. I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it. I just felt like more and more I have noticed Tibbs with a very quick hook for for our our beloved rookie. Um, and I and I and I found myself seeing the things that he doesn't like and and understanding them a little bit more. Um, okay. Though they don't bother me in the same way, but I get it. I like see his point of view on it, and. Now, having watched him coach, like I can, I can imagine how much they bother him. You know, right? Um, yeah, he is unpredictable. Like, and that is what is makes him so uh, exhilarating to watch. Yeah, but yeah, that's not Tibbs. Does not like unpredictable. And I don't think like like quickly he might play five like bad minutes. You know what I mean? Yeah where he's a negative on the floor for 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 a stretch. And I feel like Tibbs you know, he would rather he's not going to chase the <laughs> the high of yeah. what quickly can give you when he's rolling. He's much more concerned about that bottom, you know? Yes. And I think he would much rather mitigate that potential for like a 5 minute, you know, 80 run if he can help it, especially with his bench guys, you know? So I, I don't know. I mean, I could be totally wrong, but that's, I really, I think there's a real possibility that that happens. It's, it's shocking. I, I agree with you. Not only <laughs> do I agree with you, but like, it's, it, it does feel like putting the puzzle together. Just, you know, I've been thinking quite a bit lately about how, you know, just how funny we're now at the all-star break. So I guess we're halfway through the NBA season. And, you know, what the Knicks have done with this time has been nothing short of remarkable considering what a lot of us expected going in. Although not you, to be honest. Uh, but, you know, it's sort of funny, like, the waves of quickly. Like, at first it was, 
He's the point guard of the future. Why are we, you know, why, what are we wasting time on? Why isn't he our starting point guard? Why isn't our starting point guard? And then we get Derrick Rose and he plays one game in the same uh, rotation as quickly. And it's like, you know what? Quickly is a much better off the ball guard. That's really where he's more natural. That's what he should be. And Derrick Rose really unlocks that. And then the two of them don't play well together. And then it's sort of back to like, well, no, maybe quickly. I think quickly needs the ball in his hands. But it's also funny because every time it's so definitive. He should be starting. Oh, he's a much better off ball guard. No, you know what? He needs to have the ball in his hand. It's like, okay, <laughs> we how many definitive declarations that are conflicting have we made about quickly in the first half of his rookie season? Yeah, yeah. And if he was suddenly just overtaken by a guy who's now been in the league four years and is a good defender, uh, that really would not be that surprising. Yeah, I mean, I just think I don't think our horse-voiced coach is. is, I don't think he's much of a surfer. Um, I don't think he likes riding the waves. You know, I don't think he's a roller coaster guy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so the highs and the lows, I don't think is something that he's that interested in. And I think if he can get a more predictable lineup in there, I could really see it. so, you know, and again, I, this is not what I would do, you know, like I, 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 to me, I really like the quickly Frank backcourt. Um, I, to me, I think Rose or Alfred Payton, you have to pick one. They're very similar players. Um, I think Rose has been a little bit better, um, but I really wouldn't care which one you picked in all honesty. I, but I think if it were me, I would pick one. I don't think we should have both those guys on the team. Um, but I think Mr. Thibodeau likes both of them. Yeah, I was. I listened to uh, Jack, Jackie McMullen on uh, Simmons's podcast, like in, or, earlier or last week or something, and she was just saying like Rose's Tibbs is binky, like it's his, <laughs> his safety blanket. Like he just needs needs to yeah. hold him. Uh, so I think he would choose Rose over Peyton. But I agree with you. I think that. The only reason they're on the team together now is because Tibbs just needed his like safety blanket. He's in a new place. It can be intimidating. He needs his thing. Uh, but they, uh, what's Rose's con- like? They're both gonna expire by the end of the season, right? Their their contracts. Yeah, I mean, Alfred Payton's definitely not on on the team next year. I'd be shocked yeah. if he is. Rose could be though. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's probably what's gonna happen. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's just a temporary thing. You know, I just think, too, generally, the Knicks fans, we've had such a hard time just rooting for the team that we currently have. You know, because – and it's funny because I I had a lot of trouble rooting for the team we had when we were horrendous. Now that we're good, people have a hard time just focusing on the group that's on the floor, and that baffles me a little bit. I guess because by being good, you see the potential to be better. And so then it's like hard not to fixate on that. Yeah. And I guess, you know, it's just in the NBA, right? It, it's such a fine line. It's like, it's exciting and everything that, you know, it's exciting for the Knicks because they have not been even remote, even this good in so long, but there does, you know, you, it doesn't take that long before you're just running into a brick wall over and over. So like, maybe it's a little weird how quickly people are getting there since it's literally the first season we haven't like stunk, but you know, 
it's hard. There's a lot of there's a decent amount of pieces on this Knicks team that they're playing a decent amount who are really known quantities. And I put like Alfred Payton in this category. Like he's not getting better. You know, there's no chance that his, we've seen the ceiling of Alfred Payton. And so that's where you're like, you want to, you just, it's hard not to look at, and we have players on the team who that you can't say that about who could get better, you know? So that's, it's hard not to be like, well, boy, maybe if he got better, he could be better than Alfred Payton. And then, now we've unlocked this new um so i hear you it's definitely like weird to not like just enjoy this um especially like why so much skepticism of tom thibodeau the man who has seemingly brought it all about um but i guess it's like you're also you know it might be one thing if this were happening and even like a mike miller had continued as the coach right who doesn't have this like track record that you're kind of like bringing you're viewing all this through you know what i mean so it's not like tibbs is this new coach and he's doing this great job it's like we know tibbs can do a good job we know he's a really solid coach you know the questions about him are kind of like what happens beyond that you know what i mean and like maybe we don't you don't and i agree with you it's like well you don't need to go there yet like let's just enjoy this he's doing what we hoped he would but you know i think that's part of why people are jumping ahead yeah well and i just think too we're incomplete right like we're not the finished product that you know i think tibbs is sort of the i don't know he's like he's the foundation in a lot of ways right that they're building on like this this era is going to be like what will he do in his time as coach like him and randall now together and so it's like so this isn't the complete picture what's going to be the complete picture and who do I get attached to and who do I not get attached to? And I, I think that drives some of it too. And to those people, I would just say, look, get attached to Randall and and nobody else. Don't get attached or, yeah, yeah. or just get as attached as you want. Cause <laughs> I don't know, whatever, you know, like I, cause I get it right. Like Matt has said before in the text, I don't know whether to get attached to RJ or not. Well, just, yeah. just attach yourself. Like, you know, if if we send away RJ, you won't be heartbroken because we'll get something back. Yeah, yeah. It'll be for something awesome. Right. We're not sending yeah. RJ to Sacramento for, like, Buddy Yield. Like, that's right. not that's not what we're going to do. <laughs> right. So right. be attached to RJ because if he leaves, you won't care. <laughs> right. And I would also say don't get attached to Kevin Knox because he stinks. <laughs> so like you don't have to worry about that just he stinks don't get attached to him yeah he's not uh he's not particularly good <laughs> <laughs> i'll tell you though if he was playing i don't think he would be three for 19 on corner threes and i think he'd have he wouldn't have six air balls but i digress <laughs> no he wouldn't it doesn't matter right I mean, are they playing Obi just because he's the younger player or the less experienced player? He's not younger. I think so. I think it's because they drafted him and he's their guy. And I guess, you know, I don't know. Obi, like, probably does some things that, you know, he can potentially block shots because he's so athletic. Yeah. I know he hasn't been – he's not a good defensive player, but he hasn't been kind of the disaster everybody thought he might be on that end of the floor. Um. So, 
you play him, but yeah, just the and I don't know, Knox. I wish you could combine the two of them. You know, if you could That's put true. like Obi's attitude in Knox's game. <laughs> Yo, yeah, no doubt. <laughs> he would about have it. a really nice player. Um, Knox just seems to lack confidence. You know. Yeah, well, I think he's also just terrible on defense. Like, just intolerably bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that like he's I, like lost though. It's just like he just can't seem to like. It's like a lack of concentration, you know what I mean? It's like, I mean, and it's a lack of physicality too, but some of it's just like, just not there, you know, just not like present mentally. Yeah. And that's a thing, you know, that's like a, just like a processing issue or something, you know, I don't blame him. Kevin, it's okay, bud. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I don't know about Kevin Knox. I really, you know, I, I'm not, again, never going to die on the Kevin Knox hill. I totally get why you would play like a Reggie Bullock over him. But when, every time Reggie Bullock stinks, I, I, I admit my eye looks over at Kevin Knox <laughs> and wonders. <laughs> couldn't he do that? Couldn't he give throw up, you know, couldn't he shoot a couple threes? And then when Bullock's good, I'm like, you know, forget it like trade Knox for a second round pick. Um, but, (laughs) but that's, you know, and that's like with a lot of these guys, like when, when Alfred plays well, you're like, okay, I get it. When he doesn't, it's like, come on. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Um, just the nature of being a 500 team and having some like mediocre vets who, who are key players. Yeah. Um, so right now, what's your gut feeling? When March, the end of March, when early April rolls around, are we going to basically be looking at the same team that we've seen in the first half, or is it going to be like markedly different? Like, if you had to guess, one or the other. I don't know. I think maybe there's a little slippage, but I do feel like Randall's so good that he's. I think he's raised our floor a lot. Yeah. Um. And I just feel like there's only so bad we can be with that guy on the team. Like, that's how good I feel like he's gotten. Yep. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. You know that. what I mean? We're, when we play these losing teams, like, you just feel like he's going to win us the game. Um, and then we are so good defensively um, that we're going to be in the games, you know. And then, you know, as long as we get enough games where people are hot from three, um, we, uh, I think we're going to be all right. Have you, has Frank, has he moved you at all? Have you, are you, are you, is anything happening in your, in your psyche or your soul? or Am I a your, flutter? Yeah, not, I wouldn't even, that maybe is too, too, but anything. Sure. Like I, I have always really, like his defense is impressive. You know, like yeah. it's so good. Um. You know, I I just I guess I just don't care anymore. Like, right? Like, I or I'll say this is that the bar for being a Frank enthusiast has moved so high. <laughs> you know, and it's like it's sort of why I've had trouble. I think I don't blame Frank on Matt, but I think one of the difficulties I have had in in fully falling in full bloom dave gettleman style love with julius randall is that like in the first week of the season matt raised the bar of liking julius randall 
to such an extreme height <laughs> that I just looked at it and I was like, well, I'm never getting there. So Right. He's never the Messiah. I don't know what I'm going <laughs> to do. And I'm I, I, like, it's becoming a point where he is so good that it's like, oh, wow, that bar is way more in reach than I expected it to be. Yeah. But I think collectively Nick's Twitter for years has put the bar not even on Frank's talent, but just like what's required to be a devotee of Frank Nilakita. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> not for me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I guess in 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 their in the defense, it's like here's this guy, you drafted him with a lottery pick. The team has been garbage, you know, <laughs> right? the whole time. And there's just been this weird refusal to put this guy on the floor. And if you're like a fan who thought he was pretty good and liked him, you're just like, why can't you just throw him out there? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I like him and our team is terrible. And then you get this sort of like, you know, it's like that video Alan Hahn did after Frank's first thing, where he was basically mocking all the Frank fans and, and, rightfully so and fairly so but also he was clearly like eight drinks deep and just gleefully (laughs) mocking frank fans where you're just like you know hey all all people are saying is like here's this kid we think he's good he should be playing and then he got in there and and he looked pretty good you know like why is there on the flip side this has there been such resistance to just like throw the guy out there a little bit i don't know i guess like that's where um i get i get where nick's twitter it's become this like cause celeb even though it's beyond all like anything that makes sense (laughs) well right i mean i also just feel like i don't understand the psyche of the person where like i liked frank too when i when he first started playing but I think it was also pretty quickly clear, like, he's not the guy that's turning things around here. Yeah, absolutely. And so it was like, I could care, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's fine. I, I guess I like him. But, like, he's not someone I'm going to go to war for. And then it's like, but some people did put him in that cat. Not even like he could save us, but, like, they will fight to the death to defend his honor. And you're just like, guys. <laughs> Right. Even if he is good, he's just like marginally good at best. Right. Like, he's gonna, like I think the role he's in right now is a great role for him, but um, it's also not like the <laughs> the deciding role on the 2021 New York Knicks. Right. And look, we got to go from the radio show. So thank everybody for listening and uh, follow us on social media. Remember, a million downloads by April 1st. We're very excited <laughs> about it. Make sure to congratulate us. We did it. Thanks for listening. All right, just a very quick bonus time feature here. But I sort of forgot what I was going to say. Uh, oh, you put it to me. I remember I remember this was early in our, our high school friendship. But we were talking some Knicks early on in, in knowing one another. And you said something to the effect of you didn't understand people who watched the Knicks and their favorite player wasn't Patrick Ewing. Like, why right. Why be a Knicks fan? Why Why select some obscure other player on the team who could get shipped off at any moment? You know, even though that was far less common back then, it's like, why would you not like the best player? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I just feel like all the Frank Nilakita fans are all the people that desperately looked for other guys on the Knicks roster in the 90s to root for so that they weren't just some generic Ewing fan. 
Right. <laughs> and that's who I think that's who I think's in that club. And I'm like, you guys aren't for me. I I subscribe to the Ewing school of fandom. Yeah, that's true. It's like Giants fans who don't like Eli. Right. Where you're like, so what were you watching all these years? <laughs> who are you rooting for? Right. <laughs> I mean, there's Giants fans who like don't like Eli, you know? Yeah. Like don't think he's good. And you're like, what? So who was the starring who was the star of the movie? Like, right. <laughs> When you turned on on Sundays, who were you excited to see? Right. Who did you, who are you rooting for? Um, yeah, it's like, who's, I don't know. <laughs> um, what was the plot of that film? For right. the Giants of that era, you know? Like, what, I don't even understand how you experienced it. Right. Um, but yeah, right. Like, I know what you're saying. So, like, the last few years viewing it solely through the lens of Frank McGillaquino's <laughs> rise and fall is strange. Right. Um, Weird person does that. Yeah. <laughs> like, it is weird. Yeah. But, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy he's playing. I hope he sticks around. I hope it's not at the expense of my man, Emmanuel, quickly. I suspect it might be. And that'll be fun. That'll almost yes. the only thing about that. It would be fun to see. Like it would be fun to come on here and do this show again next week. And that has taken place. I'm excited now. I can't <laughs> wait. I'm like rooting for it. Cause I agree with you now, actually. I really do think it's going to happen and I'm here for the fight, you know? Right. I mean, those, those million downloads aren't going to happen on their own. So. Right. Or will, and will it be like, will people, will it be like a weird rationalization about it? Like, Will the Frank fans <laughs> try to like talk to the quickly fans to make them like, no, this is good. Like right. trust, you know, and then will it cause a rift in that perfect circle? Oh yeah. It just could be very interesting. The possibilities are endless and I'm excited. <laughs> right. And we're going to get fans back in the garden for this to play out. And then, you know what, who knows what happens? Oh, booze quickly <laughs> chance. Right. Frank chance. Right. You know, <laughs> Right, maybe the team collapses under this like weird chemistry destroying <laughs> fan oh, rip. Right. Well, now the season begins. Right, right. We'll see what happens. All right, Brian, you got anything else for us this week? That's it for me, Scott. I'm hanging on for dear life. Um, <laughs> trying to make it through this winter, get my vaccine, and start to live again. Are you eligible now? Oh. oh, okay. I just got to make it. I'm efficacied. Yeah. Yeah. You're vaccinated. Yep. I'm merely caffeinated, but <laughs> <laughs> I hope to be vaccinated. I'm in the great state of New Jersey here with you, Brian. Really? Yeah. Oh, what are you at your folks' house? Yeah. They went down to Florida because they got vaccinated. Oh. So they decided they want to go some, you know, now they're vaccinated, they want to go to warm weather and be able to eat outside and things like that. And so their house was just sitting here. And so now I spend far less time in my own bedroom. So that's, oh, that's been nice. That's thrilling. Yeah. yeah. We'll enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks. All right. Until next week when we, we see if your planned destruction has occurred. <laughs> All righty. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. A million downloads. Here we come. <laughs>